Well, welcome to Vegan Cookie Reviews. <laughs> I don't think I've been able to say that intro once without laughing. Without laughing? Yeah. It's a pretty great... <laughs> it's a pretty great headline. Like, vegan Cookie Reviews yeah. has nothing to do about vegans or cookies. But vegan cookies can be bomb. Mm. I've only had one and it wasn't that good. What? Trader Joe's has these vegan cookies that are amazing. Vegan chocolate chip cookies. I gotta try it. They're so good. Uh, so today we have Casey. Uh, your last name is what again? Leggio. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to pronounce it wrong. No, thank you. I appreciate that. It's better than Leggio. Lego. Casey Leggio. Uh... Who is an actress and a performer, mm-hmm. which I guess are the same thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah. How is... I guess... Wh- I don't know. Wow, what should be my first question that I ask you? If you guys want to see uh, any of Casey's work, look on your <laughs> iPhone under movie, your <laughs> iMovie app. You can go as your iMovie app, and you can go to the trailers, and you can click on the one that's titled Teen, and you can find me about four years ago. <laughs> uh, or, yeah, you can find video of me from about four years ago. It's on all the Apple software. Hit me up. Check it out. Check it out. Email her at... Uh, <laughs> Casey101 at gmail.com. <laughs> don't email that. No one will respond. Actually, I don't know. Email it. See what happens. It won't be me responding, you but know. you never know. Uh, did you go straight? So, after high school, did you take any classes for acting? Specifically for acting, I actually had started taking acting classes when I was about eight. Oh, so, yeah, that's right. You told me about that. Um, I just turned 25, so I've been technically in and out of the industry for about 17 years and when I was eight is when I first started attending acting classes Mm -hmm. and then right after graduating high school I attended a semester of college uh wasn't quite as much of a fan as I thought I would be in terms of just having to learn about subjects that weren't applicable to, to the things I wanted to do with my life so after one semester, I left and I moved to Los Angeles and then just started acting regularly in whatever projects I could book up there. Um, so, I guess, what was, what was like the earliest thing that you did then? I mean, the earliest thing... Because you said since eight, so... Right. Like, were you doing, like, commercial stuff, or...? I was going out for commercials when I was younger. When I was three, I actually had booked an Oscar Mayer Wiener commercial, but I refused (laughs) to say the word Wiener, (laughs) and my mom wouldn't let me, or she didn't force me to, and had just told the director, hey, I'm not going to make my kids say something she's uncomfortable with, so I never ended up in the actual commercial that went to air, but... Technically, I was an Oscar Mayer Wiener kid, and I guess that's kind of where it started. And then just kept auditioning, and then when I was eight, I actually started acting classes, and then took some time off to focus on school during middle school and high school, so I didn't really do anything until I was older. Anything that actually Got would be available. Up. Exactly. So you wouldn't say wiener because you... Because my mommy had told me it was a bad word. I could not muster the strength or the cojones to 
say the word wiener. <laughs> and now I probably say it too often. Would have, like, ruined your career. Yeah. You never would have become an actress. <laughs> or I would have become famous way earlier, and I wouldn't be having... <laughs> well, the girl's saying wiener. She's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Having to struggle at 25, but, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll blame my mom for that one. <laughs> if I don't end up famous. <laughs> you don't end up famous. So, yeah, so we were talking about wieners. <laughs> so, anyway. That was a side, a little side side discussion that we had right now mm-hmm. um cool so uh so you've been doing acting for you said for yeah. a long time so yeah what i think have you learned because i think a lot of people that are doing things that are artistic i mm. think the takeaway for a lot of people uh something that i think i would like to learn from anybody who's been doing something for a long time would be kind of what has kept you going like what has kept that passion because me for doing you know photography for not that long maybe five or six years sometimes i question or you know that you have those low periods high periods and stuff so i'm always interested in other people's like kind of what has been those motivating factors for you? Absolutely. Well, I consider myself one of the very fortunate people in that I was able to discover exactly what I wanted to do at a really young age. And I remember the first acting class I ever took, standing up in front of a room full of people and, you know, delivering dialogue in a scene and just feeling as if I had finally found my purpose, which is pretty heavy for an eight-year-old, you know, but... My entire life leading up to that point, I was involved in all types of creative things. You know, I I danced from the time I was three years old, and I did a lot of extracurriculars. I was in Girl Scouts, and I did all these things, and, you know, wanted to be a vet at one point when I was really little, and then wanted to be a lawyer, and, you know, you change your mind all the time, and you never really, I don't think, can grasp exactly what those things mean at that age. But I remember the effect that acting in front of a room full of people had on me and it just felt so natural and so freeing and really you know like I had finally found my place and I guess that spark has never really died and it's one of those things where you've almost tried to force it down or force it away because you realize pursuing anything creatively is going to probably not be (laughs) the most secure or fun or you know uh, I guess easy, easy profession, but as many times as I've tried to tell myself that this is, you know, not what I should do or not what I meant to do, I know and definitely it is. And mm. so I've just had to kind of make peace with that <laughs> over the years. And uh, it's one of those things where I think when you don't feed your artistic or creative self, if you are an artistic or creative person, after a while it starts to really weigh very heavily on you. It starts to weigh on your conscience. It starts to weigh on uh, the relationships in your life, you know, and I've found every time I don't feed that part of my soul, uh, often it will cause me to have turmoil in other parts of my life, you know, it just subconsciously, it's not, you know, like I'm trying to ruin the things in my immediate environment or ruin my, you know, my life or my relationships. But if I don't feed that part of myself as frequently as I should, it'll start to manifest itself in other ways and I'm not nearly as happy or productive of a person. So I've just had to come to terms and admit that this is what I want to do and this is what I'm meant to do and 
uh, yeah, it's just, it's been a journey for sure. But every time I try to step away, there's something inside of me that's like, what are you doing? That's, you know, you're not supposed to be doing these things. <laughs> you, you know what you're supposed to be doing. It's just not easy. So you don't want to yeah. do it. That's interesting. That kind of reminds me of that. I don't know if you've read any of those, like The War on Art, or uh, there's another book I've been reading, Icarus Deception, but it talks about mm. that kind of thing where you feel that, uh, like, f- kind of like a fear, or you feel resistance basically to something, and it kind of points you to what you need, yeah. to, need to be doing. So it's interesting that you said that yeah. because it's so true. No, it makes me uneasy. If I go longer than, I don't know, five, six months without <laughs> acting or writing or doing something creative, I will start to go nuts. I'll start to just go bananas. Like, I'm so much more irritable. I, you know, I find myself getting frustrated and overwhelmed with things that normally I wouldn't. And I just don't feel as much of my, I don't feel like myself. What was, what's been your favorite project you've done so far? Mm. Oh, man. Probably the Apple commercial, honestly. (laughs) I have to say, just because I got to work with a phenomenal director. His name is Drew Metz. And just that project was so much fun they flew us up to sacramento for like four days Mm -hmm. and we got to shoot at the sacramento state fair and it was a completely improvised project so you know we got a character breakdown and we kind of had one night where we we got to know all the other actors there was four of us in total and we kind of got a little backstory and whatnot of what our dynamic was and then the next morning we woke up went to the fair and (laughs) they were like go just do it and we created these bonds and these relationships uh, as these characters mm. very quickly. And I still talk to pretty much all of the people I worked with on that project, which is pretty rad given that it was almost five years ago, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, it was just so much fun. And I've never really gotten to travel for any other type of project. Uh-huh. I've never been put up in my own, you know, hotel suite. Like, it was, <laughs> it was pretty rad. Uh, and the fact that I can still... You know, it's kind of like my party trick now, where if <laughs> yeah, people are like, hey, can I true. see you in anything? You know, I don't want to have to tell them, like, oh, just go to my IMDb, or, you know, which they can do. Yeah. But <laughs> I don't want to tell them, you know, go to my IMDb, or you have to look this up on YouTube, or, hey, I'm in, you know, the background of this yeah. weed commercial if you happen to catch it. <laughs> so it's kind of my party trick in that I can, you know, ask them, hey, you have an iPhone? And they'll pull it out and go to iMovie. You know? like, <laughs> yeah, you did that with me that exactly. one time. I was like, what the heck? And I feel so lame sometimes, <laughs> and I won't bring it up unless someone specifically <laughs> asks me, hey, what can I see you in? Uh, but at this point, yeah, it's kind of my party trick, and it, it freaks people out pretty hard, so it's kind of fun. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, do you still do dancing at all, or just acting now? I do, I do. I've found that as an artist, specifically a performer in today's mm. world, it's really beneficial to just have as many skills in your wheelhouse mm, as possible. Yeah. And so I grew up dancing and uh, then, you know, stopped doing it for a while, and when I was probably like 21, 22 is when I kind of started getting back into it. And I don't do it as regularly as I would like to, you know, like attend yeah. dance classes and things like that. But I try and stay active and I try and go to as many dance classes as I can when I can just to, you know, hone the craft. And I love dancing. It's another form of my creative expression. So I I do it when I can. You dabble in it? I dabble. <laughs> I'm really not that great. I was in a weed commercial <laughs> where I was dancing, but I was in the background. I actually got punched in the face on that commercial. Straight a up. A commercial? A commercial. You know, For the Wii, Nintendo like, Wii? Yeah. 
Not you weed. got punched like per like purposely. No. Okay. So what had happened? <laughs> I was like, probably seventeen was like... at the time. It was one of the first commercial things I had ever done, and my agent sent me to. I don't even think. I think it was a direct booking, which means they just saw my photo and were mm. like, "Hey, you know, come be an extra in this commercial," and it required a little bit of dance background, which I had had. And my best friend Sabrina and I actually did it together because she used to act as well, and so. We drive up to this mansion in Hollywood Hills or whatever. We show up, and we're just hanging out for a while, and then we're like, okay, we're going to film the group scene, and they taught us the choreography. <laughs> well, the guy to my direct right, there was this particular dance move where he had to kind of move backwards, but it, it's difficult to describe the motion, but essentially, I went right, he went left, <laughs> or excuse me, I, my face went right, his, his fist went left, and somehow, <laughs> due to someone messing up in the choreography, I just got, like, a, a left hook to my Ooh. right eye and just kind of shot back a little bit. <laughs> and the worst part was that my eye started watering because that hurt. Yeah. And so it looks like I'm crying, <laughs> right? And so the director yells, cut, and he's looking at me, and I just like to say... I was doing the choreography correct. <laughs> this dude was doing it wrong, but I was the one who ended up suffering. And the, the director cuts, and he's like, "Hey, you, you in the back there, like, are you okay?" And then, of course, everyone's attention is on me, and I'm oh, just like no. trying not to cry. My eye is already swelling. I'm like, yeah, man, I'm good, I'm good. <laughs> and then when we attempt to go through the choreography one more time, and the guy, you know, he was apologetic and whatnot, but. It didn't dismiss the fact that now my eye is swelling and I can barely see because there's water just flowing out of it like Niagara. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like, Casey, come on. Just, like, and I'm trying to fan myself. And it had distracted me to the point where then the next round of filming, oh, no. I was messing up the choreography. So the director cuts it again and he says, hey, <laughs> he points to me again. And my eye is just like I said. <laughs> It's already swelling. It's watering. I can't get it to stop tearing up. And I'm just, I feel like such an idiot. And he's like, yeah, um, would you actually mind moving to the next row back? Oh, so then I no. lose my spot in the commercial and then pushed one row back because, you know, he probably just thought I was some, I don't know, dipshit that had made their way into the commercial somehow and oh had absolutely no dance experience. Whoa. And yeah, so that was pretty embarrassing. Um... But if you pause it, <laughs> you know, at the exact moment, you can see my face a little bit. It's pretty blurry, but I'm there. So, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're there in spirit. Uh -huh. That's what counts. <laughs> the We Just Dance 2 commercial. Look it up. Oh, man. I got to watch that now. I'm going to find you. It's pretty difficult. <laughs> it's it's like, like a Where's Waldo situation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. I'm always interested in the whole process of, like, uh... What is it? Tri uh, auditions. I almost said tryouts. <laughs> <laughs> it's essentially a tryout, uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, just the... Because I, I, I hear, like, little times... Like, in different podcasts I listen to, sometimes they'll be like, Oh, yeah, the audition I was at, you know, I saw this guy, and I was like, Hey, how's it going, man? Like, But this is, of course, like, Joey Diaz, and like right. them, they're, like, doing auditions for movies and stuff. Right. Um, but it always interests me how that, like, process works, like... Yeah. Is it pretty much the same every single time where it's like, okay, you know what to do. You walk in, you have the same, like... It can get very mechanical in that you you know, you know, every audition in and of itself is different. 
but the process overall is the same. So every yeah. every individual audition, you know, has um, has its specificities that set it aside from another. You know, because one is a commercial, one's a feature film, one's for something in theater, whatever. But overall, the process is the same. Where you you know you get called in for an audition at a specific time, you yeah. show up. You do whatever they ask of you. Either it's you've had to memorize some lines or you've had to learn some dance choreography or you've had to, you know, research a company or whatever it is. Or, you know, sometimes they just have you do improv, which is just, you know, coming up with things on the spot. But, um, and then, you know, they thank you very much, have a great day, and you just wait. <laughs> so, you know, every every audition is different, but the overall process is the same. If you ever want to feel incredibly judged, <laughs> become an actor. I'm sure. If you ever want to doubt yourself on a daily basis, <laughs> your skill, your attractiveness, and you know your capabilities as a general human being. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Become an actor. Just trying to convince people not to become an actor so that, like... Yeah, I'm getting rid of the competition. Yeah, getting rid of it. I see what you're doing. Yeah. Guys, it's horrible. Don't do it. Yeah, don't don't go out there. You'll probably meet Harvey. You'll, oh you know, just some bad things will happen. Oh. Just stay away the from the acting. Couch is real. <laughs> <laughs> the couch is real. <laughs> and it's not comfortable. Oh my gosh. Auditions. Yeah, they're weird. It's a weird thing. You're basically going into a room and saying, you know, here I am. Please hire me. <laughs> I'm doing everything you can to yeah, to stand out. I guess. Yeah. I I I'm super unfamiliar with. I'm obviously like not as familiar with uh, auditions as you are. But I did. I took drama for a little bit. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did take drama for a little bit in high school, and I remember the the funniest audition I did was. My drama teacher wanted me to try out for the musical, and I was like, nah, I, I don't sing. <laughs> I'm not a good, like, why do you, and he's yeah. like, no, 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 we'll find a part for you. It won't be, you know, you won't have to sing a lot, or you won't have to do any singing. It'll be whatever, like, and I was like, all right, whatever, but I had to audition, and I'm oh, man, I don't want to audition, <laughs> because you had to choose a song right. and sing it. right. And so they could figure out your mm -hmm. octave or whatever, and then you had to match tones. Your vocal range. I was like, oh, dear God. So <laughs> I remember at that time, I think, like, w another teacher had said that if you try... I don't know why she even did this, but she said if you try out for the musical, you'll get extra credit or something. And I hey. think it was just, like, an incentive to get more people sure. to, like, try to be involved. Right. Uh, but what ended up happening is that everyone was like, heck yeah. So, like, all my friends who aren't actors at all or, like, even interested in it were just right. like, let's go audition, <laughs> you know? So there were all these people auditioning, um, but I chose uh, Katy Perry's, like... Uh, the one that says paper bag, like, do you feel yeah, like a paper bag? Yeah, you did. Bag I think it's firework. <laughs> yeah. Fire, is that the proper <laughs> title? Yeah. Because at the mm -hmm. time, that song was pretty popular, so I was, <laughs> I'm, like, walk into this room in front of this, oh like, my gosh. the music teacher, mm. one of, like, the senior, uh... Uh, drama leaders or whatever sure. and the drama teacher I think was in there too and I'm singing yeah like, you are <laughs> you are a firework <laughs> and it was the like, most awkward thing I've ever had it because was this in, acapella or did you yes. have musical accompaniment well, I don't no. know if we had I don't remember okay. I just know that it was the worst <laughs> most uncomfortable thing I've ever had to do because in no way or shape or form do I think I'm good at singing at all so <laughs> 
I was just like, all right, like, do you ever feel? And yeah. it was just uncomfortable <laughs> and just horrible. And oh, on the list of things well. I wish I had recorded. <laughs> That is taking the cake. That is oh, now in my man. top five of things I wish were recorded that I could watch. So that now. was my that was that was my Your audition favorite experience. audition experience. That's a good one. Oh that's, man, that's a good one. But uh, you know, it's funny growing up. I, this I don't know how much this relates. I'm all over the place sometimes the way I think of things. But uh, go with it. Uh, I wish people could think like see the way your brain works sometimes, but. I like don't for example, see my brain. There's a lot of really messed up stuff up there. <laughs> well, maybe not everything, you know. <laughs> not the dark parts. Maybe not the dark. Not the parts. dirty parts. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> just there could be like a window. Just the that really shuts. smart parts. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but when I thought of that audition, I thought of I saw somebody that went to some play on like Instagram or something they posted the playbill and it was um something funny happened on the way to oh. uh, the forum uh, or something yeah. like mm-hmm. that uh but I I've never heard of it so I like looked it up read a little bit of about it but it's interesting how much like I think it's it's weird I wish I would have been the person I am now back when I was in high school because the person mm-hmm. I am now super interested in learning things mm-hmm. way more than I was back then right and I feel like back then I would have been so much more involved in like acting and looking sure. up plays and now I'm now I'm barely starting to you know research about like artists and 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 plays and all these different things uh, so I think that it's funny that I never like there's certain things where you're like, oh man, I wish I wish I would have been that person back then, but but uh yeah, I don't know yeah. where I was going with this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh have you heard of that that play? The the funny thing or have you seen it? I've all? heard the name. It seemed pretty interesting. I don't I've I don't know even what it's about, but I've it, heard the name. They they it described it as like a a comedy, but the way it, it sounded pretty interesting. Like, I really want to see it now because the way it was described was like yeah. they use a lot of puns and okay. And, uh, I know something rotten, which is currently at the Seegerstrom Center. I know that that's kind of so. I know they integrate a lot of other plays and musicals and make jokes regarding them and and have a lot of puns. They've the th- the play is called something rotten. Mm-hmm. Ah, or it's a musical. Called uh, something wrong. Musical. Uh, it's a oh, this is a musical. Oh, see, there you go. Uh, is that what it's called? Well, this something is talking about the film. Based oh, stage musical. Yeah. Okay. So it was inspired by the farces of the ancient Roman playwright Pleiutus. Pla- Pla- I don't know how to pronounce it, and tells the body story of a slave named. Pseudolus and his attempts to win his freedom by helping his young master woo the girl next door. Like, already, that sounds great. That sounds awesome. Uh, but where was it? But it said something in here about how they, they would have, like, actors come out and and be another character. Like, like they would dress up as the other character to throw people, like, just as a joke or something like that. Like, what? it would be written into the... Like, it would be, like, them disguising themselves in another character or something, but it's, like, That's was for Inception comedy. That's some type stuff, man. That, uh. That'll mess with your brain. <laughs> <laughs> That's... That's oh, fun, though. Man. I like that. That's a cool concept. How much do you watch movies and TV shows? All the time. Constantly. What is your, like, all-time favorite film? 
Oh man. Or, or just a top. That's like, a big one. one. Of the top okay. Ones. All right. Or even a TV like. I actually recently made this list. I recently made a list of like my top ten favorite movies of all time, at least that I've seen, because you know I still haven't seen all the movies in the world. Yeah. But. It's interesting because I have favorite movies in almost every category or genre of film. So, <laughs> let's see. Should we do dramatically speaking, comedically speaking? Um, dr- what about a dramatic, like a serious? Ooh, okay. So, one of the films that I absolutely love and actually use a scene from kind of as a scene study uh, aid mm. is the movie Closer with Julia Roberts, Jude Law, Natalie Portman, and Clive Owen. And I really like that film. It's very well written, first of all. And second of all, it's kind of a love story, but it's not a stereotypical one <coughs> in that, you know, everything is peachy keen all the time. And mm. even if it's not, there's this, you know, incredibly happy ending and and everything resolves itself and it kind of even leaves at the end of the film very uh it leaves it has an ambiguous ending i like those right exactly and so anyway like i said it's a very well-written film and I, i just love the way that it depicts love for what it actually has the potential to be which is incredibly messy and terrifying and chaotic and i really like that it depicts love in the way that it's more commonly seen, you know, yeah. because that's the reason we have things like fairy tales is because, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Because fairy tales are, are exclusive, you know, they're not an everyday kind of thing They're you know, these things don't happen on a, on a daily basis or a regular basis, which is why we have to put them into movies that people can then go see yeah. and watch and appreciate and fantasize over. But a lot of people don't like to tell just the common everyday story. And I really like when a common everyday story is told or, you know, even if it is a little bit more dramatic mm. or, you know, intense than an everyday kind of situation, I like when it tells those stories because you can relate to it. Yeah. You know? And I love films that are relatable. Um, Viola Davis, actually, I haven't even seen it yet, but Fences, the, the mm. movie she won her Oscar for. I haven't for. seen that one yet either. I want to see it so badly, but uh, she was saying in her, I don't know if you saw her Oscar speech, it's one of the most incredible Oscar speeches I've ever heard in my entire life. One of those ones that I'm just like, damn it, when I win my Oscar, I already know it's not even going to be a quarter as great of a speech as she as she gave. But uh, it's something I aspire to do, honestly, is to be able to give a speech of <laughs> that, that caliber. But um, she even says, you know, this is a story about everyday people living their lives and august wilson the the man who wrote the film was you know just telling a story of two people and when you can deliver those stories you know just everyday people and and give credit to their incredible lives that may not have seemed incredible at the time um i think that's really a challenge and i think it's a really beautiful thing so one of my favorite dramatic films is, is definitely Closer because mm. of that. And obviously the performances. I mean, they're four you know, Oscar-nominated yeah. actors. They're incredible. I think someone actually won a Best Supporting Actor, Actress role for that film. But, um, yeah, hmm. it's a, it's a good one. i to check that out. It's a really good one. I do, I do think that, yeah, when those, when those movies or TV shows come out that, are, that have those, those touches of realness where you can relate to more so than something like a fairy tale or something. Right. It's so, 
it's 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 so much subtler of a, like I noticed those movies and TV shows are ones that are more realistic. I like that they're the subtlety in them. They're not yeah. like I don't like that far out where it's like you could guess everything that's gonna happen. Exactly. Um, one of the when you were talking about that, it reminded me of Have you seen or heard of uh, Love the the TV show? Yeah, yep. Judd Apatow's on on Netflix. Yep. I'm like halfway Paul through oh, season two, mm-hmm. um, but it's so funny watching that show because I like there's certain things that I can totally relate to in that character right. in that goofy way that because I feel like if there has ever been a character that relates to the way <laughs> that I am it's like that like sure. I try to very like subdue that like part of yourself part not part of myself but like I I like as far as like relationships go mm. I've never been like very good at like I mean, it's never like come like natural sure. like you know sure so the part where th- at, in the first season where he he texts her and she's on the train and he says like hey like she's gonna be a little late and she doesn't get the text and he freaks out <laughs> and he's like he's like like thinking like and that's totally something i would do like yeah. where i'd be like oh god and send another text he sends right. like three more texts right. and then like a long one totally. and i'm like I watch that and I was like, oh god, like this is me. Like, oh, my. I was like embarrassed, but at the same time, I'm like, this is so much funnier to see something that is right. like, that's so funny. Yeah, like this I've done that. Be, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Just that's the way me. he's like, oh god. And then the other thing that I related to that was like super sappy was the way he was like complimenting her too. It's so <laughs> cute. And I'm like, damn it, that's like something I would say. Like, yeah. where he was like in this, I just watched that the episode where they do shrooms. Uh, in the oh, second where yeah, they yeah, like yeah. break into the totally, <laughs> and and at the end he's like, yeah, like if you were in the background of a 1940s film or something like that, he'd be like, I I would I would notice you or something like right. that. And she's like looking at him like, oh my god, it's like so cute. Yeah, no, I love I love those types of shows and oh, movies man. because they're taking regular people and making <laughs> yeah. them engaging and captivating, oh, and yeah. that's not easy, you know, to to make regular people interesting. I love that it's in LA too. Just that right. alone is so awesome. The yeah. like familiarity of it. Totally. Like. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah, that's a good show. I really enjoy that show. Yeah. I can't wait for. Is there a season three coming out? I don't know. I haven't finished season two, so. Okay. I won't, okay. Right. I won't spoil. Does it anything. seem like there is going to be another one? Oh my gosh. Or is it I, kind of like a? Well, I they watched always it. I binged it. it right when it came right when it came out because I was such a fan of season one. So <laughs> yeah. it's been so long since I even finished season two. I'm, I'm not sure how it ends. I forget, but I'm I'm sure it alluded to a yeah. season three. I wouldn't be surprised. I'm horrible. I'm the type of person that drags it out. Mm. I like watch one and I'm like, all right, two weeks from now I'll watch. Oh another. my like, gosh, are you serious? Maybe I do not, not have the patience. I'll for do that. like two and then like one a week later. Or one. I'm horrible. I will binge all night long. I can't not know. But what's so stupid about that is that I can't not know what's gonna happen. <laughs> but I never get the resolution I'm desiring anyway because yeah. there's no series finale. It's just an end of a season, so I'm yeah. still gonna be left on this cliffhanger. Yeah. So either way, I mean, you do it the smart way. I just <laughs> have minimal. I like patience. drag it out to the point where the second seasons like already out so then i just keep watching but do you forget what you've watched in between sometimes each time? not really say, yeah not. two weeks is, is a fair amount of time but it's not well, it's, too not, long. it's not always two weeks okay but like the you're get- not sitting there exactly yeah. eight like eight fifty nine p.m i've done that later, like, like <gasps> ready once recently what where you uh, Amer- uh, where i where i binge watched it it was mm. american american horror story no uh american Grif- Grif- graffiti no. 
Vandal, American Vandal. Oh. It was a comedy. It was I with uh, Jimmy Jimmy Tatro, I think is his Jimmy name. Jimmy Tatro! On... Yeah. Oh, is that the one where... All I remember <laughs> is there's, like, penises in the trailer <laughs> everywhere. Okay. Yeah, for sure. I, that one sucked me in so hard. Like, I, I watched one episode. <laughs> I watched the trailer and it was and like, I, was like, I can't do this. Episode, before you knew it, I was done with it. I was like... <laughs> but I started... It, they did it really well because well, I started. It, uh, it's a parody, or like they're trying to. Yeah, it's a satire, but it's it's really well done. Like really? I got into it. Uh, you get into it. You're how like, how many episodes is it? I don't remember. It's like eight or something. Okay, and it's, isn't it like a mockumentary? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's so they're like trying to. Fi- it just seems so Figure simple, out who the and then it, yeah, it like slowly like. <laughs> Like, gets more and more deep, and, like, before you know it, this one kid is, like, deep into, like, students' lives, and, like, like, okay, well, like, her, like, parents divorced, and so this, and blah, 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 and then that might draw her to do this, and she was a bit, like, it's, like, and you're, like, in there with them, and then you finish, and you're, like, wait a minute, this wasn't even real. (laughs) Yeah, this is actually never But they did a really good job of, like, totally getting that vibe of, like... Yeah. Like, the evidence and all this stuff and sure. the way those, those shows do it. Uh, but, yeah, get me talking about film and, and, and movie because I've always been the type of person... I, like I, I like that about you because I, I like to watch movies and, like, I feel like, for me, I view it a little bit differently because I see the cinematography, like, the sure. way they shot something or the way they did this. Uh, I'm always thinking about that, but... People will ask me that kind of stuff. I love to see the styles. Yeah. You know? Yeah, people will regularly ask me, can you objectively even watch movies anymore? You know what I mean? Because (laughs) I'm constantly, not necessarily criticizing or praising, but but just constantly watching very particularly and and with intention, you know, at the acting and at the cinematography and at... <clears throat> the production design and all, all the elements of it at the score, everything, you know, and looking at it as an overall piece of art, you know, which is what it is. But I am more critical, I guess, because of the position I'm in as an actor, you know, and people yeah, ask me, like, can you even just watch a movie for what it is anymore? <laughs> and I, I don't, I, I can, but I can't. It's really hard to turn that creative side of my brain off. You yeah. Know, like how just do you be, just like, <laughs> appreciate it for what it is, which is just, just a movie or just, you know, just a show, but it's like I'm constantly looking for, you know, <laughs> yeah. all these these very particular intricacies. Well, I think that's the reason why sometimes you watch a movie that isn't as artistic. You know, sometimes you watch, like, you, yeah. some dumb movie, but you can just sit and watch it, and then you're like, alright, I've satisfied my life. That's kind of how The Office is for me. <laughs> it's pretty mind-numbing at this point, I, like, when I just need to turn my brain off, because there's, you know, there's so much predictability in it yeah. for me because I've seen the series at least three times over and I know exactly what's going to happen I know all the characters <laughs> I know exactly you know the nuances of it and I and so <laughs> there's nothing shocking or surprising as opposed to you know if I'm getting into a show and I don't know what's going to happen it can really <laughs> have an emotional effect <laughs> on me or it might you know put me in a weird place creatively or you know so I, yeah, so sometimes you just need to turn your brain off from all that stuff, and, yeah. and I've I've found the shows that help me do that for sure. Uh, what do you, what do you think of? Um, shoot, I ha- like his name totally escaped me. The dude that does uh, Tree of Life, um, 
Ah, uh, man, what's his name? Song to Song was the newest one that he just did. I haven't seen it yet, though. Um, I don't even know. Dang it, I can't believe I'm gonna have to look this up. He's like one of my favorite directors. Uh, what is his name? Will? No. Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Have you heard of him or seen any of his stuff? I. What other stuff has he done? I'm not. I'm not quite sure. Uh, I'm bad with names sometimes. I'm Tree sure. of Life has been. I haven't seen that one. One of my favorites. I haven't seen Song to Song. Is that a show or a movie? Movie. I'm almost embarrassed to ask. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Tree of Life. I think Let's I've heard see. of. Okay. So he's done Tree of Life, Thin Red Line, Night of Cups, Song to Song, To the Wonder, Days of Heaven, The New World, Badlands, Voyage of Time. The Better Angels, I guess you probably haven't seen I feel seen ridiculous. I have not seen well, any of these. I feel bad. Uh, should I, I don't think you really things? should feel bad. What? It's not... He's kind of... The the reason why I like his stuff is because it's immediately recognizable in okay. his style. And okay, like, kind it's of like in, a Tarantino situation. Yes, exactly. Where you know if there's a lot of bad language and blood <laughs> and guts, so you're pretty much in a Tarantino And then there's a title film. that says like... 10 years he always does like titles right, doesn't yeah. he and like chapters exactly. or chapters that's yeah. what he does chapters uh huh totally okay so he's recognizable um, what's his style like but that's kind of what I was talking about as, as far as like I like seeing that through line in like okay. in like movies cause I feel like that's something that people don't really look at a lot of times mm-hmm. you know they just oh this movie this movie but it's interesting to see like cause I saw Tree of Life which was him so then I was like, I want to see something else that he's done. But his style is <clears throat> very, like, loosely, like, loose storyline, loose dialogue, very, like, freeform almost. Okay. Like, even the, the actors, when they talk about the films, are like, he just tells you just to go. And what would your character do in this moment? And kind the of camera like a follows. mumblecore situation. Oh, Have what? you seen uh, mumblecore? No. So mumblecore is a style of filmmaking that's <clears throat> very much based on improv. Mm, okay. So, if you've seen Drinking Buddies with Olivia Wilde and, um, oh, he plays Nick in New Girl, uh, Jake Johnson, mm. and um, I forget who else is in it, but Jason Sudeikis might be in it, I'm not sure, but Drinking Buddies is a really cool film, and Mumblecore is the style of filmmaking that it's done in, and essentially the actors are given characters and yeah. kind of just told to go with it, and so... Uh, I've actually been in a, in a film that was a mumblecore film called Dungeons and Derek, and uh, it's about a group of friends attempting to navigate young adulthood. And um, meanwhile, you know, the the parallel they kind of draw from in their personal lives is is the game Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> and they all play it together regularly. And it's it was a really fun film. It's actually probably like the my, the second mm. most interesting and fun project I've ever worked on. Uh, it's a feature-length film, and, yeah, it was one of my buddies, Gabe. He invited me to, to play the, the lead female in it, and um, I went into it only having known him and, you know, ended up getting to know everybody else, and it was a really cool dynamic that we ended up developing, you know, because you're, you're just riffing with these people, <laughs> yeah, you know? That's and so cool. You're still having to be in a character, but you kind of are just integrating <laughs> little parts of yourself into these characters because <laughs> so you're having to think off the top of your yeah. head, you know? And I l- had to learn how to play Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, which, you know, Casey didn't know how to, but Tori, the, the role I played in the film, was, you know, well-versed in the game. And so. <laughs> It was, yeah, it was a challenge for sure. It's actually, honestly, almost a little bit more challenging in my opinion mm-hmm. when you're having to 
completely improvise. You know, I mean, we would get kind yeah. of an outline of where the where the director wanted the scene to start and where he wanted it to end, and everything in between we just had to fill. Wow. Everything in between we just had to come up with <laughs> on the spot and and just the, as I said, keep riffing. Yeah. And it's a challenge because you know it's not. There's no scene direction. It's, you know, not this person speaks now, then this person speaks. You know, you're cutting people off and you're trying to figure out the flow and trying to figure out as a character and as an actor where you want the scene to go and how you want the <laughs> dynamic to build and propel. And it's it's pretty interesting. It's definitely a unique style of filmmaking. And I'm really grateful to have partici- participated yeah. in that because I don't know a lot of people that have had those experiences where they literally just get to improv for an entire film (laughs) you know so it was the whole film the entire film was improvised i mean there was you know there was a story that had been developed Mm. the the two writers uh my friend gabe and and his friend alan who ends up who uh, is the male lead in the film they wrote the story you know they knew what they wanted it to consist of they knew where they wanted it to go they knew the dynamic they wanted the friends to have they knew you know what the plot was and where they wanted that the climactic moments and they, they knew all of those things but all of the dialogue you know was completely improvised uh, there, there were certain directions you know the director uh, would kind of help us navigate the scenes and help us navigate the relationships amongst yeah. the characters and he would you know sometimes give us a line if, if it was necessary in the scene, but for the most part, yeah, you're just talking and you just gotta keep going and people mess up, and, you know, it's just it, there's awkward silences because yeah. people are just trying to figure out you know, like I said, where these characters are going and what they're doing and yeah, it's it's challenging That sounds like a real test a it, real test yeah. of your improv skills It definitely made me better at improv 100%, yeah Wow That's pretty cool but yeah, you can check it out on YouTube. Dungeons and Derek, go watch it. Wow, now I want to be in a. It's a fun movie. What, what did what? What's the style again? Hor- uh, Mumblecore. Mumblecore. Yeah. That sounds like such a. Who came up with that name? Watch Drinking Buddies. That's a really. Drinking I think it's buddies. available on Netflix still. It's a. That's a good that one. Up. It's yeah, same style, same idea. But yeah, I think that's becoming more popular. I mean, it sounds like that's kind of what mm. you're talking about with the director. Yeah, that's like. kind of. That's probably exactly what. Mumblecore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But anyway, those through lines. That's yeah. that's what I mean. I think that's something that I like looking at when I'm watching. Like when I watch a movie, I want to see like okay, let me see another thing that this person has done to see how their style is the same. Yeah, it's I pretty mean, interesting. Totally, certain styles evolve. You know, over time, certain directors, writers their their style evolves or they change it up but usually you know you know if there's a yeah like i said you usually know when you're in a tarantino yeah. film you know you usually know when you're in a kubrick film you usually you know you know, you can usually tell there's there's a lot of very specific directorial styles yeah. out there uh, and a lot of acting styles as well that's true some actors that are strictly you know drama I mean, I was trying to actually think the other day because one of my favorite actors is Daniel Day-Lewis. And I was trying to think to myself if he had ever done a comedic role, you know, because he's like, there will be blood in the name of the father, my left foot. I mean, all incredible roles and some (laughs) of the best acting I've ever seen in my life. 
But, you know, I was trying to picture him doing anything. <laughs> Something funny. Comedically speaking, and I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think he's ever done a comedy. You know, because that's just his niche. That's his style. That's his, you know, every role is dramatically different. Yeah. But he mainly takes on very dramatic, intense roles. So, you know, just as directors have their spe- specific styles, I think actors kind of lean towards theirs as well. Yeah. Do you like uh, do you like doing like one specific like do you lean towards comedy or lean towards I really enjoy comedy but yeah. I don't know if people actually find me funny <laughs> because I tend to get cast in very dramatic roles <laughs> I've only been a part of a few comedies as opposed to a lot of dramas yeah and so you know I could just very well not be funny which I'm totally okay with but uh-huh. You know, yeah, I would love to do more comedy. I think it's really fun. It's challenging. I enjoy all genres equally. The only thing I've never, because I've done, I've been a part of, you know, like romantic comedies. Mm. I've done commercial stuff. I've done drama. I've done, you know, solely comedy. I've uh, done mumblecore now. I've done, you know, I've done a theater, but I've never done a sci-fi or a horror film. <laughs> and I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> How great I would be, or how... Uh, I would like to see you in a, ho- in a horror. <laughs> I can't that take it awesome. seriously. It's really hard for me. Like, <laughs> Yeah. You know, I don't know. I just For me, there's... And it depends how horror films are done. Or even... I mean, are we talking about, like, suspense as what? Like, something or... See, I like sep- suspense. Like, I like, I like psychological thrillers. Yeah, I like I those love psychological a little bit better, yeah. And I feel like I would love to, to get a role in a psychological thriller. I really would. Some rear window love. type. Yeah, Ooh. totally. I would soup. I would really enjoy getting cast in something like that. But just straight, run-of-the-mill <laughs> horror, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't know. I It's hard for me to... Well, it's not hard for me to take seriously because some horror films are really, really, really well done. But that's the thing. There's a lot that exactly. <laughs> it's like borderline. Exactly. Did they do this meaning to be like this? Exactly. Yeah. Horror is a very, very tricky genre, and if it's done well, it's done really well. Yeah. You know. Um, I've never. But yeah, I've never been into. Yeah. Like never ventured that to like. I don't know why, I've just never been interested in, like, scaring myself. Like, not so much scaring myself, but I think I'm just more so, yeah, I'm more into, like, the, the like, storylines and stuff like that. Yeah. So something that is just... Purely yeah, for just, the scare factor. Uh, and, I think yeah. I'm good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it's funny because I was thinking about how I, I've always, like done more comedy Mm -hmm. stuff when i was like in drama and and i enjoyed doing that so as i i remember one time we had to do uh our assignment was a dialogue and i really wanted to do something serious Mm. and so me and this girl did a scene from revolutionary road wow and it was the scene where he finds like the he finds the i don't know what it is that he finds that it was like it was like a self-abortion thing or something I weird like I that. I haven't seen that in so long. It was because she was pregnant and right. she really I don't think she really wanted the baby and okay. so she he found this like device like back in the fifties I don't sure. know what it was and and like he 
just like but the whole movie they're arguing right right, right and so we did that and it was really fun but it was definitely like difficult for me to try to play this really serious and get into that and it was one of probably my lesser well done like things that i've done because mm. my drama teacher was like gave me a lot of pointers on that one as opposed to other stuff sure. that i naturally so but i liked that about it right uh, it's challenging but yeah that was revolutionary like the most depressing serious movie ever. totally and i think when actors specifically can diversify um kind of d- diversify their um history you know when they can when they can kind of diversify their body of work it um it will make i mean obviously you know then you know how dynamic they are as actors you know how capable they are but that's why i try to diversify my body of work as much as possible just because i want to you know try everything you know it's like try everything once it's just like anything in life but also to just challenge myself you know because it is easy to get comfortable in a specific genre but that's why when you see people like Will Ferrell in something like Stranger Than Fiction (laughs) it stands out you know and that's actually one of my favorite movies (laughs) because he's so convincing and so great in that role and at first you almost want to laugh because you it makes you uncomfortable as as an audience member and and as a viewer it almost makes you uncomfortable because you're (laughs) expecting something specific out of Will Ferrell that you normally you normally get and you've been conditioned to get so then when you're getting something totally opposite it's almost a bit unsettling but I think that's what's really amazing about it at the same time is that then you know you become fully immersed and convinced in in him as this totally (laughs) different character than he normally plays and it's I mean it speaks for him as an actor like how talented he is but on top of that it, it also I think just makes you realize like okay you know how capable he is and just makes you realize like yeah this it's easy to get stuck in one genre and to pull yourself out of it is challenging and I think it's really rewarding too especially when you can pull it off and there's some people that try it and and aren't comfortable with it and then they so they go back to you know or they or some people don't receive it as well you know I know that some people had their their very strong opinions when Jennifer Aniston played that that drug addict in the movie Cake I'm not sure if you saw uh-huh. that. Um, some people were, I don't want to say upset, but they were just saying, you know, like, but no, I like her as the rom-com girl, you know, <laughs> she's not supposed to be doing this and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, And it's just like, well, <laughs> that's not really up to you to decide. <laughs> but, but yeah, cause some people like, you know, what they like and yeah. it's familiar to them. They don't like. And that must be hard too, to, when you're that big of an actor or actress to, to to like go out of your what you're probably used to or, or even not even what you're used to but maybe what just like everyone has assigned you exactly and so where you want maybe they get this one role and they really want to do it but maybe like I, you know i don't know how that's yeah works, because but. people see you and you're in a particular light yeah <laughs> and they don't want to see you as yeah. anything else and then when you present it to them they they're not a fan it's hard to convince them otherwise it's like uh mark Wahlberg used to do like more serious stuff right and now right. he does comedies mm-hmm. more so ah uh, he is just fantastic he's as amazing. somebody funny i can't i can't but the what uh the other guys him in that movie just killed oh me. my god him in that, that movie killed amazing. me amazing it's so funny like the way he was just so yeah. serious yeah about, like, 
He's great. He's like, what? No. And they and they were were, like everything that he did. He was actually really good at it, but did it like to make fun of people, right? But he, the way he played it was just so good. No, he is a very yeah. He's super talented. He's a really versatile actor. I love watching his work. Uh, it's fun. I'm really bad at segues, but so, (laughs) (laughs) uh, L uh, Los Angeles. Oh my god. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh my god. I might have to go to the bathroom before this. <laughs> it's gonna make me pee my pants. <laughs> oh. I don't even know. I don't know where to go from Can there. Can we pause? I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> you really have to go. Oh god. Even just even just saying it makes me <laughs> nervous. I feel like we should we should after this we should talk about like writing something because yeah let's uh, do it. Like <laughs> I was looking through my little like list that I have of little topics uh-huh. <laughs> I think that uh, I, like an idea came to me which okay. we won't talk we'll talk about this after but sure <laughs> like just this one sentence uh I think just <laughs> I just can't even I don't even know what I'm saying right now but like this one sentence uh uh desserts that you have to uh crack open to like have you seen those no. So have so th- there's this like whole thing. They have to crack open. So they serve desserts at these fancy restaurants where they bring you out this like dessert and it's like a little cone. It's like a little cake or something, and they pour something over oh, it. Oh yes, I've or seen. Or you have to yes, like crack I've something over sure. it. Okay. And I don't know why, but that just sounds like such a Los Angeles thing, like such a <laughs> like <laughs> I don't know why because there's some there's things that i see on social media that just i feel like like only in la would i see this like all the neon signs at like clubs i feel like is a big like that's a good one ended up at this or you know party hard and it's just a neon sign and i'm like what what are what are people what yeah or Uh, all the typewriters painted on the wall yeah some really (laughs) profound sayings so i guess i mean i guess about los angeles i will say this i i love los angeles for the variety and grittiness of it like i've always loved how artistic and how just like kind of dirty it is like i know that sounds weird but just Mm -hmm. the like Nobody's really... I like the part where it's, like, nobody's really trying to, like, pretend. It's just, like, yeah, you know, there's, like, cool apartments or cool whatever. Uh, There's a mix of people. And I think that contrasted with Orange County, because I'm very familiar with Orange County now, Mm -hmm. is so much more likable Mm -hmm. to me than than Orange County. Like, I'd rather have homeless... You know, I'd rather have, like, crazy things going on all the time. Yeah, it adds dimension. Um, It adds a lot of dimension to your immediate surrounding. But I think, at the same time, there's so much funniness that you can... I mean, I guess guess the same can be said of Orange County, but... uh, Have you heard of Chris D'Elia? I love him. I actually saw him perform at the Comedy Store a few months ago. Really? I was crying because i was laughing so hard me and uh me and zach hilarious me and zach saw him at the the uh improv in irvine yeah like last weekend phenomenal saturday really i was i was like almost crying he wasn't headlining when i saw oh really comedy store so it was a very short segment that we got to see but yeah we we saw saw joe rogan as well like yeah it was a really good lineup and he all i mean everyone was amazing but specifically chris (laughs) delia and 
Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, two of my favorite comedians of all time. Oh my Just gosh. hysterical. Yeah. I love him. We saw we saw an hour set. I think oh. it was like an hour set, and I'm I was so dying. Jealous. But the thing that I love that he does, uh, not only in his comedy but also like on his Instagram, is mm-hmm. how much he just shits on people. Like totally. Like for things that I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. yeah, keep going, keep <laughs> right. doing that. Because like certain things that he's like, where he takes pictures of people in LA and is yeah. just like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah. Like so funny. Have you seen the special he has where he talks about girls in clubs? Yeah, which one was that? The first one? I think it's the first one. When they get drunk, When they get drunk, yeah. yeah. And he's like, (laughs) and he's imitating drunk girls at the club. And he goes, it's like they're a transformer. One can't function without the other, so they travel in herds. And they're just like, you know, we made it! We made it! He does the the mannerisms. And he's just like, is this even your crocodile? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He does voices so well. He, he does. Oh my gosh, his impersonations are amazing. The the set that he did, I don't know if he did any of these uh, when you saw him, but he, he was talking about his, like, a possum and his <laughs> dogs, and he was imitating, like, how his dogs sound, and it was like, like, just everything that he was saying, I could not keep it together. Like, I was... He's dying. really, really good. But uh, but yeah, that's kind of why I segued into yeah. that because of LA and just the funny things and the crazy things. What are some of the? What is one thing you hate about <laughs> about oh LA? Well, similarly to what you just said, I love LA yeah. for the diversity it offers. I love that very few people in LA are actually from LA. I like mm. that it's just a melting pot of unique individuals from all over the world you know not just america but like literally other countries some of my best friends currently still in my life i met while i was in los angeles you know and that city has given me so many opportunities it's given me so many blessings but it's hard (laughs) it's a hard place to live you know what i mean uh i think i mean obviously stereotypically you hear people say their least favorite part is the traffic and the smog and how you know the dirtiness in certain places and uh the chaos that ensues there but mm, i think the thing i like least about la is maybe the constant pressure and this just could be something that i've you know manifested in my own head but Mm. i feel like wherever I go, whatever I'm doing while I'm in LA has to be driven towards <laughs> my career. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't feel like I can ever really take a second off. I feel as though everyone around me, you know, whenever I go do work in a cafe there, <laughs> yeah. there's every, I could, you know, throw a coffee bean and it's going to hit a writer, a director, yeah. a producer, another actor, a model, a photographer, <laughs> you know, and it's great because it fuels the creativity you know when you're surrounded by yeah. like minds it i think that's why i'm actually more productive when i'm there you know but it's also draining whereas in orange county i can kind of do certain things that are very mind numbing you know go take a stroll by the beach and yeah. go go walk in the park or something and i don't feel as intimidated as opposed to when i'm in la you know every, like i said everyone is beautiful every you know you walk into a room and there's models and actors and you're just like well you know you feel this almost, I think, innate pressure to yeah. just constantly be performing whenever you're there. Like, I feel like I have to always be on, you know, at the drop of a hack. I have to be ready to deliver the best monologue <laughs> of my life, you know, because there could be a, a John Landau, you know, who mm. produced Titanic and Avatar and all this. Like, there could be a John Landau in the room or, you know, I have to 
just always be on, which isn't a bad thing because I think it, it, it challenges you and it, it makes sure you're on top of your game all the time and it really pushes you and motivates you to to keep honing your craft, but it's hard to take a moment to breathe sometimes. Yeah. That's what, that's what I've found when I lived there. I think that there is a lot of... It's interesting how you said, like, you have that pressure to just be on all the time and performing, which I think is a, like, side effect of how much now is just social media driven, which Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot and it kind of gets repetitive, but it's so true, like, there's so much now that it's just, sometimes I'm so annoyed by how much is just, you see something and I think, wow, created for you know, someone to post or created for this. Like, nobody can ever, like, not be performing anymore. Like, nobody can ever be themselves. They always have to be this person. Well, and it's crazy because we've learned to live our lives through a medium. Yeah. You know, it's as if we are living in 2D as opposed to 3D. You know, like, we are here. We are we are beings. We are interacting <laughs> with one another. You know, you and I are sitting and having this conversation. But how rarely do you see people even just talking on the phone anymore it's always texting it's always emailing you know it's always getting to know about someone's life through these social media platforms through facebook through instagram through twitter you know you don't actually call them up and say hey how's your life going you just assume it's going well because of the things that they're filtering to show other people when in actuality that might not be their real life at all and it kind of creates this dissonance you know it creates this this barrier and it's a beautiful thing but it's also kind of a tragic thing at the same time yeah in my opinion no i, I agree like, with social you media is so highly influential <laughs> even in the acting world i've gone on auditions uh-huh. where they ask me how many followers i have really literally wow. yeah <laughs> that's how influential it is because from a marketing standpoint mm. these producers you know executive producers or directors and, and, and post-production people want to know how marketable their actor is and based on how many followers you have you can reach bigger numbers you know to promote your film to promote your your show to promote whatever it is and so they want to reach the biggest audience possible and so they're going to utilize their actors or their performers to do so and i'm not joking i have legitimately gotten asked in in (laughs) casting breakdowns you know like you, you can submit uh you know, your headshot and resume, all these mm. things, and then they'll specifically ask you to also input how many followers <laughs> you have on your social media platform. It's very interesting how influential social media has become. I mean, look at people like Jimmy Tatro. Yeah. Know? Vine famous. Yeah. <laughs> and now he's starring in Netflix, yeah, Netflix original, original series and, and you know, feature films. He was in... Um, Who was he? What, what else was he in? 22 Jump Street. Or 20, right? 22 really? Jump Street. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe he had a, a relatively like a small, small role, there. role oh, but uh, he had a cameo that. in that. Yeah, well, that's cool. You know, with Channing Tatum and, yeah. and Jonah Hill, like these huge, like well-known actors. And I mean, yeah, the guy started doing little five, ten-second clips on Vine. <laughs> I mean, he's hilarious, but he you know, is, yeah. but it's a thing. I think Logan Paul is another one, and. I mean, you know, it kind of started with the age of like the Justin Bieber, you know, like yeah. getting discovered via YouTube, and now it's it's a craze like it's i have a friend who has well over a million followers on instagram you know and he's insta famous as we would say 
Oh my god. Um, that's how <laughs> so he bizarre. that's you know, and he has he's made connections that way, he's mm. booked jobs that way, you know, people will contact him wanting him to star in things and you know, he makes money that way. It's pretty crazy. Wow. Yeah, that's it's so funny. It's such a like it, it, it's such a flip flop like like I don't know how to say that, like but but yeah, one on one side like I, I see so much positive and like possibilities sure. with it and then on the other side i see all these like side effects of of just the negativity and the and the fakeness that it brings about uh but i i honestly i honestly think that that black mirror episode i don't know if you've I've, seen, I've never seen so black there's an mirror. episode where it's it's like this this future world where basically uh like everybody's like like has a certain point system okay and it like basically is like how rich you are or how much money you have kind of but it's like like the 4.6s are like the beautiful people and they're all in nice homes okay. and they're all like really like like just like very influential and blah 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 and this one girl she's like a 3.6 which is like relatively good but she wants to like be like in this apartment but to mm. get into that apartment to like have some like discount she needs to be at a certain point number or whatever uh but it just like explored this idea of basically like like this number determining your worth kind of totally and i saw that and afterwards i was like holy crap this is the future because it literally almost wasn't even like crazy like, no, you know well, yeah, when you cause... see things and you're like, ah, oh, yeah, the sci-fi. Like, I'll watch it and I was thinking, like, wait a minute, that's half true already. No, George Orwell had it right, man. <laughs> like, Animal Farm, 1984, <laughs> it's all happening. I mean, slowly but surely, you know. it's there, There's been so much progression in technology and, in, in, you know, just human evolution. But, like, the... <sighs> It's crazy the, the the way technology is taking over the world, yeah. you know, and how, yeah, you're you're defined by how many Instagram followers you have or how many YouTube subscribers you have, you yeah. know, dictates your popularity in the world or in the industry, and it's just, it's incredible. Like I said, it's so beautiful on the one hand, you know, because you can reach out to people yeah. in positive ways and you can get to know people. I mean, I've made great friends just through social media. Yeah. People I've never even met in person that I talk to almost on a daily basis, you know, who have had me on their podcast and, and things of that nature. And I've made wonderful friends from that, you know, and so I'm eternally grateful yeah, to social same. media for, for providing those opportunities. <clears throat> but at the same time, like I said, it kind of creates this weird barrier almost or this you know inherent pressure i mean i wouldn't post on social media regularly if i didn't have to you know but i almost feel <laughs> as if i have to yeah, because i am my product i am my brand as an actor you know and they want you know to know how many people i can reach uh, you know how marketable i am and that's based on my following yeah. that's based on the people that have any interest in what i'm doing with my life and to try and generate that is really difficult, you know, if you're not really active on it or if you're not, you know, doing it constantly. And it's it's pretty crazy. 
Yeah, I feel like I'm just gonna slip far, like, below the... Like, I feel like I'm gonna be the old person that is, like, ah, oh, like, at, like, 30, though. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna be, like... I'm already that way. <laughs> I'm already that way. I'm like, you kids and your phones, you know? If I didn't have to have it oh by, for a means of communication. And, but it's it's horrible. I actually didn't realize how dependent I had become on it, you know? Yeah. Just inadvertently how how i had become so dependent on my phone until i had to put it down or you know until i think one day it died while i was in la you know and i didn't have a means (laughs) of charging it and i went without it for maybe five hours and it honestly was so relieving yeah but so it honestly stunk it stunk to realize (laughs) how how dependent i had become on my phone (laughs) because i was trying to find my way home and i was like i can't do this without technology that's not Uh, good You know, or and it's just become so addictive. I mean, you see kids three, four, five years old screaming when their tablet gets taken (laughs) away from them, you know. And I mean, a Game Boy to me was like the coolest thing on the planet. You know, technology like it was just you know we didn't have cell phones as kids. Like you just had to go outside and play or learn. You know, figure out what to do, read a book, do a puzzle. Now you get everything just delivered to you at the touch of a button. It's pretty insane. What a weird time period to grow up in because I remember we've seen that. Yeah. I remember when like flip phones came like the sidekick or whatever yeah, that was and the I'm big. Yeah, I'm even older than you. Like we've tra- <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I've transitioned. I mean, you know. But yeah, like uh, we're in that transition period, you know, cuz the thing is even with these toddlers that are, you know, watching <clears throat> things on on tablets and whatnot, like they don't know any different. Yeah, They're not going to, yeah. you know, that's their world. That's Like the they grew up with a screen and right. we like had this little I remember taking typing with... classes. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like you you have to learn Those how to so type fun. on a computer. Yeah. Yeah. The little game ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gotta, like, do this of... many words in yeah. this many seconds. Totally. Dude, I wonder if kids, st- I'm sure they have to. I mean, I'm you sure, still type. but you're so used to using it at home. I mean, That'd... yeah. It would be bizarre if kid. like, I'm sure at some point it's going to be like typing classes, but like everyone's t- like, you're well, learning how to like right. type with your thumbs. And I mean, I could still pretty much get to college without, you know, because I went to college when I was 18, but I, I could pretty much get to college without necessarily having a laptop Mm -hmm. now you can't even navigate middle school without one i mean (laughs) i work with kids you know i'm a a tutor part-time and i have a student she's in eighth grade and 90 percent of her homework is online via google drive via yeah i mean they have laptops they use in school on a daily basis like individual these kids are provided individual laptops yeah that's i've been seeing that blows my mind she legitimately couldn't do any of her homework without one it's, scary world we yeah live in. <laughs> and it will and it's it's difficult because kids then become reliant on technology to where yeah who knows how they're going to navigate the world without it fortunately they don't have to live in a world without it but you know what if it were to all get taken away i mean they're so programmed to have yeah. these things readily available my friend is actually working on a, a documentary uh her name's rana very 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 talented artist and she's um taking it's she she's basically realizing how dependent we've all become mm. you know on our technologies and so she and three friends are taking a 10-day road trip without any phones any form of communication with the outside world obviously you know they'll be filming it but yeah. the camera's going to be the only t- 
technology they have. Other than that, they're not going to have any means of communicating with the outside world. And it's it's called 10 Days Without You, and they're, I think, currently doing a GoFundMe for it to help raise money. But they're going to take a 10-day road trip up the coast of California and I think down through you know Oregon, Nevada, Ooh, and the surrounding nice. states. And they're going to do 10 days cell phone free and it's you know gonna force them to get to know one another and (laughs) it's the interpersonal communication that's gonna have to take place you know oh my gosh i'm in for that yeah i'm really excited i know i told her i was like i will be a part of this no problem (laughs) they had already got they had already gotten the four people together that that the, are going to be part of the documentary, mm. but I was like, girl, if anyone drops out, <laughs> let me know. I want to do this. You know, and it's sad to think that that's actually a, a, would be a challenge. Yeah. You know, like with my grandma, the challenge is learning how to use the technology. For us, the challenge is learning <laughs> how to it. go without it. Yeah. Wow. It's pretty trippy. I've sat and <laughs> thought about these things way too long oh, for too many hours. Amazing. And yeah, it's... It's pretty, yeah, it just mind-boggling. I can say I'm pretty proud of myself as far as, like, knowing where to go. Mm. I think I could get somewhere without, like, a phone. Yeah, like, I mean. Like, general my, area. Right, my, my cities, you know, Orange County yeah. and L.A., like, my two cities, I, I could navigate without my phone. But anywhere else, No. <laughs> I mean, I would have to figure it out. I was—I remember being 19 and going to New York, and I think I still either had a flip phone at that point or had a really crabby one, you know, <laughs> without any maps. Um, Thomas Guide. And, yeah, right. <laughs> Thomas Guide. Exactly. And, yeah, I was trying to navigate New York City wow. by myself at 19 with... That sounds fun. No. Oh, my gosh. It was amazing. It was actually for an audition, and um, I was there for five days, and... It was challenging, for sure. Uh. You know, I was lost. I was crying. I didn't know where to go. The subway system was so confusing to me. And, you know, I ended up eventually getting to all the places I needed Uh. to. But, you know, it wasn't like I could push a button and then just... How how old were you? 19? 19. How did you not have... Well, okay, so that was like six years ago. I had a phone, but I don't think it had a maps... Really? Six years ago? So. I think you're just behind. Oh, probably. <laughs> I probably should know how to use it. I'm honestly technologically challenged. It's bad. I've broken so many computers, and I don't even know how. Um, uh, maybe not. I don't maybe know. Maybe I did. I don't know. I can't remember. Point of the story. Right. Point of the story. <laughs> I'm focusing on the details yeah. too much. No, maybe I did. I don't uh, remember. No, but no. I remember but even just like trying to figure out how to navigate. You know, because I, I was staying in Ronkonkoma, which was on Long Island. I uh-huh. had to figure out, you know, the train system yeah, and everything, oh, how to get to, like into New York City itself. So even if I had the map app on my phone, yeah, you still have to figure. I still had to figure out, like out that, all the like yeah. train times and you know, but like as I had to, I I figured it out on my laptop. Oh, you know, man, public transport. I uh, that's one thing that scares me is like if I ever had to like I, I the bus things and all that and the <laughs> trains and I'm. I've literally, like, probably never had to take a bus anywhere, like... Well, and now, you know, because of technology, you know, the transit routes, you can find all of that stuff just at the touch of a button, you know? Yeah. But but 10, 15, 20 years ago... Oh, no. Okay. Okay, so this will be the... 
anyway so yeah that was we talked about a lot of stuff so let's wrap it up this is gonna be it's gonna sound so weird at the end because it's gonna like it's probably gonna cut off at some point and then just go into all right so yeah (laughs) we're gonna go ahead and leave the uh, vegan cookie review podcast uh no but this was really enjoyable i freaking love talking to you i love talking to you thanks for having me again we'll plan some some photo stuff or something uh for everybody listening, Casey Leggio. Yes, sir. Uh, find her on... You can find me on social media. <laughs> I'm on Instagram. It's just Casey Leggio, K-A-C-E-Y-L-E-G-G-I-O. Uh, if you want to check out some of those stuff I've done, I'm on IMDB. And I'm actually going to be coming out with a YouTube series called Hello Hollywood, documenting my personal... Uh, journey through the entertainment industry and how how I navigate that on a daily basis. Excellent. Well, thanks for for joining me. Thank on you. This lovely balcony. <laughs> Vegan cookie review. <laughs>